It's an unbelievably complex subject. Nobody knew that healthcare could be so complicated. Oh, man. Nobody knew. I miss George W. Bush. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle oh, with you. They're everywhere. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica with you. Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM. In the City of Angels, up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on 92.9 FM WLRI News Radio. In Hawaii, on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN, the Green Renaissance Network, 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York, on 102.9 FM WLPP. In Grand Rapids, Michigan, on WPRR Public Reality Radio, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also heard streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. Yes, we are blanketing planet Earth five days a week, whether you like it or not. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me. Says me from bradblog.com. I say so sometimes, too. Thank you, Desi Doyen. I appreciate that. Uh, welcome to the, uh, to the Bradcast. Last Friday... The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office said that its projections for the federal government's spending on the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, uh, Obamacare's coverage provisions in 2019 are now a third, a full third lower than what they were when the law was passed in 2010 when the Congressional Budget Office scored the original Affordable Care Act before its passage. The uh, CBO director, Keith Hall, said in written responses to questions posed by the U.S. House Budget Committee that the CBO expects the federal government to spend $148 billion in 2019 on the law's coverage provisions. But that's down. That's down $214 billion that had been estimated when the law was passed. So that's, uh, I can't do, uh, $66 billion dollars cheaper for the federal government in 2019 than uh, it had originally been thought by the C- CBO when the bill was passed. Wait, say that one more time. How about approximately you said? 60, what did I just say? Uh, 66, am I doing Ish. it right? Yes, billion wow. uh, cheaper for the federal government than had been anticipated, than that monstrosity as Republicans like to call it, uh, known as Obamacare, uh, was was otherwise planned to be in 2019. The CBO director cited a number of reasons for why the law is costing the federal government less than originally expected. One, 
is that uh, fewer people are using the individual market than had been anticipated. That has lowered the Fed's spending on things like the subsidies for insurance premiums that uh, that you can get via the uh, via the healthcare exchanges if you meet the. Uh, income criteria. Additionally, Medicare and Medicaid's costs are also coming in less than expected as the costs of private insurance uh, have slowed down. Uh, the at least the rise in the cost of private insurance has been a uh, there's been a slowdown in health care costs. Hall noted, however, it's unclear uh, uh, how much of that slowdown in cost is still attributable to the recession and its aftermath and how much is attributable to other factors like uh, the slower growth uh, has been sufficiently broad and persistent. Slower growth in cost has been sufficiently broad and persistent to persuade uh, the agencies to significantly lower their projections of federal costs for health care. Those lower estimates, of course, come as Republicans, well, were gearing up for their uh, push to repeal Affordable Care Act. Now they are full bore uh, in that uh, in that process at this point. Uh, That was late Friday. Late yesterday, just as we were getting off the air, House Speaker Paul Ryan and the House Republicans, uh, in fact, released their long-awaited plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. Uh, At least it would repeal and replace Obamacare if it could get passed. President Donald Trump today offered praise for the plan, mostly, uh, this morning on, uh, of course, on the Twitters, he tweeted, among other things in his series of tweets, our wonderful new health care plan is now out for review and negotiation. Obamacare is a complete and total disaster, is imploding fast, said Donald Trump. But their wonderful new health care plan is here. Everyone rejoice. He also added, uh, oh, don't worry, getting rid of state lines, because that's not in the uh, in the plan that was re- uh, introduced yesterday. Getting rid of state lines. That's been a thing that Republicans have called for for a long time. Oh, if you lived uh, in a state where you could buy your insurance from a different state, you'd be able to get cheaper rates. So out here in California, where the insurance rates are more uh, expensive than elsewhere, if only we could buy them someplace else. Where they were cheaper. Why are they cheaper? Well, because they don't uh, the requirements for what type of premiums can be sold are uh, maybe lower in other states. And we've talked about this uh, many times on this show uh, with uh, with Jackie Schechner. She may she may be back with us tomorrow on this. But, uh, you know, she has said essentially that if you get rid of state lines, everybody goes and goes to the chi all the companies will go to the states that have the fewest regulations the fewest requirements and everybody will end up buying their uh, their health care out of a single state the lowest and worst possible plans kind of the way every uh, pretty much every credit card that you buy uh, is issued out of the state of Delaware in any case Donald Trump says don't worry getting rid of state lines which will promote competition, will be in phase two and three of healthcare rollout, whatever phase two and three of the healthcare rollout will be. 
Will it promote competition, uh, getting rid of those state lines, or will it just uh, make fewer plans available to the whole country out of a single state? That we don't know. Well, previous experience, as you said, has mm-hmm. uh, previous experience in other sectors has indicated that it would be a race to the lowest common denominator. Race to the bottom. Race to the bottom. The uh, the proposal that was released, however, yesterday uh, would supposedly uh, dramatically cut back on federal support for those seeking insurance coverage. It would transform Medicaid into a block grant system. Talk about that in a moment. And it would eliminate the individual and employer mandates and replace Obamacare subsidies with tax credits instead, which uh, apparently are just totally different. Uh, It would also allow insurers to charge a 30 percent penalty for those applying for coverage after not being coveraged uh, covered for more than two months. That instead of the individual mandate that had required everyone to buy insurance, that in turn helps uh, cover the cost for people with pre uh, pre existing conditions that uh, uh, insurance companies used to reject people would disallow them from getting health care at all because, oh, you've you've been sick in the past. You're going to cost us too much money. We're not going to we're not going to give you a policy. They can't do that anymore, at least under the Affordable Care Act. It's somewhat less clear whether they'll be able to continue to do that under whatever Republican plan there is. So here is uh, some of the details to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act, the Republican plan, the Republican House plan for doing so. Um, According to the New York Times, that plan would scrap the mandate for most Americans to have health insurance in favor of a new system of tax credits to induce people to buy insurance on the open market, and it would make far-reaching changes to a vast part of the American economy. The House Republican bill would roll back the expansion of Medicaid that has provided coverage to more than 10 million people in 31 states under the Affordable Care Act. Um, That rollback would now be effective in January of 2020. The bill would effectively scrap uh, Obamacare's individual mandate, eliminating tax penalties for those who go without health insurance. People who uh, let their insurance coverage lapse, however, would face a big penalty. Insurance insurers could now charge um, could increase the cost of their premiums by some 30 percent over what they would normally be. So if you lose your job, for example, your job which had previously offered insurance, if you don't buy insurance immediately, right away, within the next two months, because, you know, you don't have a job and you may not, you know, you're concerned about money before you start buying a new insurance policy, you can if you do that, you can now be penalized with this surcharge uh, of uh, for uh, charged by insurers with a premium whenever you do get your insurance coverage uh, that costs 130 percent of the uh, of the normal cost of the same premium. In that sense, Republicans would replace the penalty uh, for not having insurance with a new penalty for allowing insurance to lapse. Got it? Makes yeah, sense? which to me is also an incentive to never again get insurance because by the time you do eventually get a new job, they're going to charge you this extra amount for people who are freelancers, who have to work part time, who take much longer to get a new job. That's going to be a problem for them to then have to try to afford that 30 percent 
increased penalty, uh, would be a disincentive and, and to even why, get back on. Yeah, and why rush to do it? Why not, if you're young, if you're healthy, well, I'll just keep putting it off, and I'll keep putting it off. And that could have a big effect on the insurers themselves and their ability to cover people with pre-existing conditions. Which, which would which cause re- premiums to go back up again. And which uh, Republicans uh, claim that they're going to continue to cover those people with pre-existing okay. conditions. How will they be able to afford it? We don't know. The bill also would cut off federal funds to, pl- uh, uh, to uh, Planned Parenthood clinics through Medicaid. Uh, and other government programs. House Republican leaders intend to keep three of the Affordable Care Act's most popular provisions. So much for uh, repealing it root, branch, and what was it? However, Mitch McConnell used to say it. We're going to get rid of all of it. Uh, They're going to keep the three most popular provisions, the uh, prohibition on barring insurance for pre-existing conditions, they say, Um, or imposing lifetime coverage caps, and the rule allowing young people to remain on their parents' health care plan until they're uh, until they're 26 years old. The plan, however, would undo major parts of Obama's signature domestic achievement, including income-based tax credits that currently help millions of Americans buy insurance via the health care exchanges. It would cut taxes on people with high incomes, They'll be happy about that. And it will kill the penalty for people who do not have uh, who do not have health coverage, replacing it with that other formula. As I mentioned, Medicaid recipients, um, their open ended entitlements to health care would be replaced by a per person allotment to the states. And people with uh, pre-existing medical conditions would now face new uncertainties in a much more deregulated insurance market. Democrats, of course, have denounced the effort uh, as expected. They call it a cruel attempt to strip Americans of their health care, though many Republicans and others on the right have uh, been no more favorable to the plan, to be frank. Details on that in a moment with our guest from Capitol Hill on what seems to be going on today in that regard. And it's actually it's kind of amazing. It's kind of puzzling. But everything seems to be amazing and puzzling these days. So what do I know? Uh, Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi of California, the Democratic leader, said Republicans will force tens of millions of families to pay more for worse coverage and push millions of Americans off uh, health uh, off of health coverage entirely, says Pelosi. Two House committees this week will take up the legislation even before it has been scored by the Congressional Budget Office. That's the one that I referred to in the, in the previous story that uh, found they uh, overestimated how much the uh, the, the current uh, health care plan would, would actually cost. But the legislators, they're going to take it up in committee anyway. So right now, nobody actually knows how much this legislation will cost. If it'll cost more to the federal government than Obamacare does now, if it'll cost less, nobody knows. Nor how we don't know how many people will actually be covered or how many are likely to completely lose their coverage. That is also something that the CBO uh, reports in their scoring of these bills. But for some reason, the Republicans just really, really, really had to get this quickly to Congress uh, to uh, to committee to try to get it passed. And I think that was no mistake that they introduced the bill like this and they're trying to move it through committees quickly. 
uh, before that scoring can come from the nonpartisan CBO, before the nonpartisan CBO comes out and says, well, this is going to cost five or 10 million people to lose their insurance, or it's going to cost the federal government billions of dollars more. But while the uh, future, we'll see, uh, the future of the House bill, we'll talk about this uh, in a moment with my guest, while the future of the bill, at least in the House, is uncertain, in the U.S. Senate, uh, the future for this bill is far less clear. Um, <laughs> under, the, uh, under the House Republican plan right now, uh, the way these uh, tax credits, by the way, will work, um, the, currently, they're, they're income-based under the Affordable Care Act. So depending on how much you make, no matter how old you are, it depends on how much you actually make to be able to afford these policies. Um, that plan would be replaced with credits that would, uh, would, that would rise with age only, have nothing to do with how much uh, you actually make because uh, health care becomes more expensive as people grow older. Um, but it would also, by the way, make no geographical compensation. So, again, those of us who live in places where it might be more expensive to buy uh, to buy a health care policy, um, there's nothing in this uh, Republican legislation that would uh, even the score in any way. So even if you live in a state where it's more ex- expensive, well, too bad for you. You get a flat number prescribed in the bill. Right now, that flat number is uh, if you're under 30. You'll get $2,000 in tax credits to help pay for your premiums. If you're uh, over uh, 60, you get $4,000. So that's if, it. Wow. So if you're a rich person who's over 50, you get a lot of help for your health insurance. But if you're a 20 year old. Actually, or, no, they okay. have changed that part oh, they up have. until. Yeah. In the previous draft, it had been such that if you were if you were Bill Gates. Yeah. Uh, worth, you know, whatever he's worth, 40 billion dollars, you would still get your uh, your whatever it was, four thousand dollar tax credit per year. They've changed that now. So uh, if you're uh, let's see, I think you get no tax credits if you make more than $75,000 a year as an individual or $150,000 a year as a couple. Okay, well, that's actually better than what you would get under Obamacare, under the ACA. If you, the, the I don't tax think credits, so. I think the subsidies phase out at a certain income level for Obamacare. Oh, oh yeah, so. the, the, they phase out. But the numbers here, the, yeah. what they're offering, the, the, the amount of money they're offering is much more stingy. Yeah, than and, and under also Obamacare. if you're a young person who's not, no longer covered under your parents' insurance uh, for the 26, you know, the limit, the cutoff there, right, but right. You're, you've got cancer at the age of 28. Mm-hmm. Then you still don't get any premium support for your presumably oh, higher no. credit. No, no, you because you get, you're young. You get two thousand dollars. That'll go a long way. And anybody who's ever been, I mean, if you've ever been to urgent care or 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 to the emergency room, as I have, that two thousand dollars, man, that ain't going very far uh, to cover your costs, depending on what you know insurance plan that you actually have. Uh, as I said, Republicans did not even offer their own estimate of how much their plan would cost or how many people would gain or lose insurance. Uh, but they did get President uh, Trump's support uh, that they would uh, need to get this thing passed somehow, citing his wonderful, our wonderful new health care bill. Uh, on Monday, before the version of this bill was finally introduced publicly for Republican U.S. senators, 
uh, Rob Portman of Ohio, Shelley Moore Capito of uh, West Virginia, Corey Gardner of, Oklahoma, of Colorado, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. They all signed a letter saying that the draft, the House draft of this bill that had been circulating, that they had reviewed, did not adequately protect people in states like theirs that have expanded Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. So they're not happy with it already. And then uh, three other Republicans in the Senate who consider themselves to be conservative, Mike Lee of Utah, Rand Paul of Kentucky, Ted Cruz of Texas, they had already uh, expressed reservations about the about the House approach here to replace Obamacare. And uh, and that's important because if Republicans lose just three members, they can afford to lose like almost nobody in the uh, in the U.S. Senate. To get this passed, if they lose just three members in the U.S. Senate on this legislation, it is effectively dead. It cannot pass in the upper chamber. Presuming, by the way, that all the Republic, all the uh, Democrats actually stick, stick together on this and vote against it. That's a big question. Yeah, Talking to you, Joe Manchin. But in any event, uh, as it is now, if the Democrats stick together, uh, the Republicans can only afford to lose uh, two, two members in the U.S. Senate. In the House, Republican leaders are going to have to contend with uh, uh, members of the Freedom Caucus, so-called Freedom Caucus, who have already been vocal about their misgivings about this legislation. Congressman uh, Justin Amash of uh, Michigan uh, posted a link to the legislation and added simply Obamacare 2.0. To his tweet when he did, Uh, conservatives don't want new taxes, new entitlements and an Obamacare light bill, according to uh, some of these Freedom Caucus members who posted on uh, on the website of, yes, Fox News. If leadership insists on replacing Obamacare with Obamacare light, no repeal will pass. The bill would provide, uh, when it comes to Medicaid, the bill would provide each state with a fixed allotment of federal money for each person who is on Medicaid. Uh, The federal state program uh, is currently used by more than 70 million low-income people, including not just low-income people, but an enormous uh, amount of the elderly. We discussed this yesterday on the broadcast with John Schwartz before this a uh, new Republican plan came out. He was warning that, hey, no matter what happens here, uh, Medicaid is in trouble. Medicaid is currently used to pay nursing uh, residency for nursing home uh, residents, for example, for a huge number, something like 60 percent of uh, the elderly who are in nursing homes. That's paid for by Medicaid. And uh, he was warning that is one place where uh, House Republicans and Donald Trump can probably agree. So that's a concern. The tax credits, as I noted, uh, by uh, House Republicans start at $2,000 a year, work their way up to a maximum of just $4,000 a year. Even with those credits, however, Democrats say many people would, uh, would find insurance unaffordable at those rates. But it's not likely to be the Democrats who kill this plan, frankly, to kill the Affordable Care Act uh, and to replace it with something else. Uh, I've been, uh, as I've been, you know, studying this thing over the past 24 hours. If you read this, but it sounds damn near as complicated as Obamacare itself. 
but it will cost more and it will cover fewer people, seemingly, which is the opposite of what Donald Trump has insisted his plan to replace uh, the Affordable Care Act would actually do. Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill today, the right wing public interest groups like the Koch brothers funded Americans for Prosperity and the Heritage Foundation, etc. They have said they are none too happy about Paul Ryan's plan. And Ryan Grimm of Huffington Post on Capitol Hill today joins us next with that story. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media. You know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. I don't know if they uh, love the, what do they call it, the American Health Care Act or not. At least the Republicans don't. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Writing over at Huffington Post today, Ryan Grimm and Matt Fuller report things are not going well on the very first day after the introduction of the uh, GOP House plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. At least among folks who call themselves conservatives up on Capitol Hill and among the various right wing organizations which support them. The Republican Study Committee, an influential group of House conservatives, Grimm and Fuller write called it a Republican welfare entitlement. Conservative advocacy groups, FreedomWorks, a major force on the right, put it simply, this is Obamacare light. Over at Breitbart News, the lodestar of the Trump administration, readers variously dubbed it Ryan Care, Obamacare 2.0, Soros Care. I don't really Soros. How? Why is this his fault? Uh, or for the uh, or for the wonks, the unearned income tax credit too. Wow, that's not going well. Here with the latest from Capitol Hill and the quickly emerging pushback from the right against House Speaker Paul Ryan's repeal and replace plan for the Affordable Care Act, which Republicans are calling the American Health Care Act, is Ryan Grimm, Washington Post Bureau Chief. Oh, I'm sorry, Washington Bureau Chief for Huffington Post. Uh, hey, welcome back to the broadcast, Ryan, on what I suspect is, uh, well, just another crazy day on Capitol Hill. A lot of fun. 
a lot of fun today. <laughs> okay, yeah, I bet it is. All right, so uh, wh- uh, what's the big complaint from conservatives? We've talked about uh, some of the details in this plan. What's the big complaint about uh, uh, from conservatives about Paul Ryan's plan? And uh, frankly, Ryan, why wasn't all of this worked out in the, uh, oh, you know, last seven or eight years <laughs> that they've all been pretending that Obamacare is a disaster? Well, like you said, because they're pretending. I mean, people have to... And also, they didn't think they were going to win the election. Uh, they didn't think they were going to catch this car that they've been chasing chasing down the road. You have to remember that Obama. the problem for them is that Obamacare itself was basically designed by the Heritage Foundation right. years ago. Right. And then, you know, it became Romney Care, and it worked pretty well and well enough in Massachusetts. And, and so then it went national and became Obamacare. So it's almost unfair them to try to come up with an alternative to the thing that they developed themselves but you know they're the ones who disavowed their original plan so it's not that unfair but their essential objection today is that brian's plan isn't really in principle any different than obamacare it is replacing uh tax credits that go to subsidize health care with tax credits that go to subsidize health care the only difference is that paul ryan's tax credits are a little bit stingier, which I'm sure on a spectrum of things that conservatives would support is is in the direction they'd prefer to go. But when they've spent the last six years making an argument about principle, mm-hmm. that Obamacare is, is destroying freedom, right. then just kind of trimming it a little bit here and there uh, and renaming the tax credit uh, doesn't, doesn't you know, resolve your your principled problem that you have with the bill. They they call it the advanceable refundable tax credits in the Ryan yeah, plan. What what does that right. mean? How's that different? Thing, the, right, yeah. and and what the what the Republicans or what the conservatives call it is is welfare. Basically, what that means, refundable tax credit uh, means that you get uh, the tax credit whether or not uh, you made enough income. In, in order to, you know, you, whether or not you paid enough in, you still get it. Like, so earned income tax mm-hmm. credit, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you, if you uh, only make $30,000, $20,000 a year, you can still get uh, a decent refund back. Mm-hmm. So the far right hates these things because they think it's freeloaders, you know, getting, getting free money for sitting around and doing nothing and getting, you know, paid on, on the backs of everybody else's labor. So that's the refundable part. Advanced means... You get an advance on it. You get it. You get a check every month because the the argument was made. Well, it's great if you get an annual credit mm-hmm. uh, to help subsidize your health care coverage, but you only get that around tax time, and that's not good enough. You know that doesn't help you if you need to pay your insurance bill every month. So they said, okay, well we'll give people an advance on it. So that's where you get you know advance refundable mm-hmm. tax credit, and that's why you have. Places like Freedom Works saying this is just a welfare check. They're they're actually talking about sending out a it, it would be an actual check. Well, each they month, would cut the or? check. They would they would cut the check right to the insurance company. Ah, okay. Uh, I, I, now, your, your, but your other question, yeah. why didn't they work this out in advance? Is yeah. I think the really fascinating one, and it's Paul Ryan's not an idiot. He has the phone numbers for the Koch Brothers, mm-hmm. Club for Growth, Freedom Works, Heritage, um, all these different outfits that piled on it today. So how was this not worked out? Well, it suggests that, to me, that it's not actually a serious attempt. Uh, You know, they have a series of of bad options. 
that uh, they kind of created for themselves by running against, you know, by running on repeal for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, if Hillary Clinton had won and they, Obamacare had four more years to be embedded, then by the time, let's say they, they finally beat her in 2020, mm-hmm. at that point, Obamacare has been law of the land so long that maybe they don't have to um, make such a show of trying to repeal it. But now they have to, but they can't because the things that they have promised can't be done right. without spending more money. Right. And and, and that's what uh, doesn't make I I can understand they were caught off, uh you know caught off guard by the election, but that was in November. They knew they were going to have to do something. You would think that uh like you said Paul Ryan would have at least called even if they came out with a bad plan, it would have been a bad plan that they can all agree on somehow but, but, why, but you're assuming that they actually want to pass something ah. and i and i don't think that there's any there you know i don't think that we know enough to safely assume that so for paul ryan you know gaming out from his perspective he has a number of bad solutions so this solution is well i'm going to put out this plan uh-huh. that is the basically the kind of thing i've been talking about for a long time uh the, the senate uh, a number of Senate Republicans are going to signal that they're not for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Freedom Caucus in the House is going to signal that they're not for it. Uh, so it will die in the House. That's not my fault. I put I put it out there, so I don't lose my job. I you know I put a plan out there. So then wow. I say, okay, Freedom Caucus, you want just a straight up repeal? That's what you want. Here it is. I put it on the House floor. You, it moves from the House over to the Senate. The Senate kills it. Paul Ryan did his job. Now it's you know, you guys need to go blame the Senate. And the and then Republicans can say in 2018, uh, well, we need more Republicans in the Senate in order to, in order to fully repeal it. Now, that's not uh-huh. the greatest argument, but they're picking from a ton of not great arguments. It, well, it's not a great argument, if only because they might get those additional Republicans, and then they'll have caught well, the bus that, again. They, they are <laughs> not in the habit of, like, thinking, you know, past the next election. <laughs> you're right. I, uh, so uh, ultimately what you're suggesting, Ryan Grimm, is that these guys uh, would rather see nothing passed at all than put forward a plan that, because, you know, all the promises have been Obamacare is a disaster, we need something that lowers costs, that covers more people, that does all of that. None of this appears like it would happen with the plan that they're putting forward. And if they put that forward and they pass that, then they own it. They're in trouble. Yeah, and it's not, right. It's not really that they don't want to do it. It's, it's more that they can't do it. Like, there is no plan that costs less money uh, gives and gives better coverage uh, for cheaper. Like, you can't. Like that—that that doesn't exist. I mean, there is. It, right. It's called Medicare for all. Right. But but they're you know, not going to do that. That Paul Ryan's not really. No. I don't think that has the votes in the Freedom Caucus either. So, it's not as it's not necessarily even that they don't want to do it. It's like this is the reality that they live. And the Freedom Caucus uh, may you know be making the mistake of believing their own rhetoric over the years. You know, these folks, a lot of them were elected in 2010. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that the whole thing is a joke, inside joke. You know, they 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 take uh, Republicans at their word when they say they're going to repeal Obamacare, and they they have a really interesting uh, talking point, which is we repealed Obamacare forty x times. Like, let's just do it one more time. Why can't we just do it one more time? Uh-huh. And when you put it that way, it really makes Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell look awfully cynical. Because because there is no answer for why they can't just do it one more time. Yeah. 
unless the answer is, well, we were only doing that because it was theater and we knew Obama was going to veto it. Right. Uh, and and that's and, and you bring up the point, uh, Ryan, that uh, the Freedom Caucus, which used to be, I think, the Liberty Caucus or, or the Tea Party Caucus, now they're the Freedom Caucus, I guess. Um, you uh, you quote in your piece uh, today at Huffington Post, uh, David McIntosh, he's the president of Club for Growth. Uh, he calls this Ryan Care and a, uh, a warmed-over substitute for government-run health care. Now. I, I, I don't know what David McIntosh thinks, but do these folks in the in the Freedom Caucus, when they call it government-run health care, now that they're in charge of coming up with something better in theory, do they still believe it's government-run health care? Are they getting high on their own supply? Do they believe this stuff? These these you know these Frank Luntzian uh, phrases at this point. How, how how aware are they that? You know, they've been spending the last eight years uh, pushing forward BS, the actual rank-and-file members here. I mean, well, good question. Um, To their credit, uh, they are making the argument that they have consistently said X about Obamacare. Uh Uh, Paul Ryan's bill has the same attributes as Obamacare. Therefore, X applies to Paul Ryan's bill. So, you know, they could have done some intellectual twist and said that these tax credits are not the same as the other tax credits and that these are kind of freedom-inspiring and incentivizing tax credits while the others were freedom-crushing tax credits. Uh, But, you know, to their credit, they didn't do that. They said, look, this is the same thing. Who are you trying to fool? Uh, Let me... uh... Let me get a sense from you, uh, Ryan. Uh, we've got just another minute or two here, but how, uh, you know, okay. So these people uh, in the Freedom Caucus, I don't know that uh, many of them are too terribly bright necessarily. They may have bought their own nonsense, but certainly these groups, Heritage Foundation, uh, you know, the Koch Brothers, Americans for Prosperity, they know what's going on. How does, for example, Heritage? How do they justify uh, their complaints to their own plan? You noted that, you know, the, the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, was initially a heritage plan idea. What do they say now? What is their complaint about what became their well, own plan? Well, the original one is down the memory hole by now. Right. Um, the way they justified it the first go-round was that was a state plan, and we're for states' rights, and we're for... Um, um. You know, we're for laboratories of innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't mean for this to be a federal thing. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, we, we didn't not mean to be persuasive, yeah. but it's like, you know, you, you, there aren't a lot of good rationales to offer when you do a 180 on your own plan. So, you know, I guess that's, that's probably the best. If I were, you know, hired as a consultant <laughs> to figure out something uh. to to how to flip completely on your own plan and that's that's about the best that you're going to do but now they just ignore the fact that it was a heritage plan yeah you know, it's like t- 12 years ago now uh, who can yeah who can remember who, who, that yeah, yeah. 12 years. do do you get the sense that uh that the opposition now from those groups that that is is that real uh, uh, for them, for the for the groups, the Heritage Foundation, Americans for Prosperity, or or is this just a essentially a negotiating tactic that they'll eventually go with some kind of plan, if only to avoid the embarrassment of being able to? That goes back to what we were originally talking about. There is no plan that I can see that both wins the support of 
51 senators, or 50 plus Mike Pence, and also uh, enough members of the Freedom Caucus to get through the House. Like, I don't, I don't see where that plan is. I mean, this plan right now that's on the table is too far to the right to get past the Senate, and it's not far enough to the right to get past the House. So if you move it left, you still don't get through the House. If you move it right, you're already screwed in the Senate, so now you're even more screwed in the Senate. So I don't see that. I don't see it. Um, wow. So this is kabuki theater all around, from the interest groups to the uh, to to the House members, at least those and and Senate uh, members, those are who are in the know. Is is that overstating it? I not really. I mean, you know. No. <laughs> You know, I suppose anything's possible, and like some lightning could strike, and that thing magically gets some support, and then become goes from theater to reality. And 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 I don't think anybody should let their guard down. Um, but that's certainly my my is, read on it. Is is there a plan B? In other words, if they can't get this thing through, if they can't tweak well, it enough, Paul, is, what's, I think what's Ryan's the... Paul. I think Ryan's plan B. Well, there's a you. Plan A for him is you squeak it through with 218 votes, uh, and then they and then he's done, and they fight it over in the Senate. Uh, plan B would be you come back with like the Freedom Caucus's dream bill, and it passes with a lot of votes, uh, but it dies in the Senate. So the Plan B also includes nothing that actually ends up passing and taking effect and replacing Obamacare. I don't see how you get people like you know Murkowski and Flake and Collins who have said that, and Dean Heller and folks like that, who have said they're not for this. Wow. Uh, you know, they don't want to um, repeal without a replacement. So you have enough Republicans who say they don't want to do a repeal without a replacement, that that doesn't fly. Um, so there is no plan, and there is no plan B. Now, uh, Ryan Grimm... Uh, well, I, maybe Trump, I mean, there's Trump's plan of let the thing collapse and hope Democrats take the blame. Like he's been very public that that's his plan. <laughs> well, uh, and he came out, if I'm not mistaken, today, and uh, yes, he called it a wonderful plan. Uh, and it's going to breeze through Congress, he said. Yeah, sure, that'll happen. Okay, well, Ryan, I'm uh, I'm marking this down. Uh, you're suggesting that there ain't going to be a uh, repeal and replace to Obamacare, but if I remember correctly, you also said Hillary Clinton was going to win last November, so. I'll warn people to take that with a grain of salt, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, appreciate your reporting here, and it's uh, it's it's kind of amazing. Oh, one last uh, thought here, Ryan. Sure. This bill uh, is very complicated, and, and you know, given the complaints that Republicans had about the Affordable Care Act, that it was just too confusing and it was too complicated. Uh, this one is not really any better. It's quite confusing. Have you heard any complaints along those lines from uh, from Republicans at this point? Not anymore because um, Trump kind of got made fun of oh, yeah. for that, uh, for saying health care is so complicated. Right. Um, you know, it is. It's complicated stuff. You know, going to the uh, doctor is complicated in this country. So reworking the entire health care system is not going to be any simpler.
Who knew? Who knew healthcare was so complicated? <laughs> Who knew? Ryan Grimm, uh, Washington Bureau Chief for the Huffington Post. Really appreciate you jumping in with us on short notice today, and uh, g- good luck surviving the madness, sir. We'll call you again soon. Got it. Thank you, brother. I'll tell you, that's kind of amazing that Ryan Grimm is saying they don't even want this to pass, that uh, Paul Ryan, the Democrat, uh, the Republicans don't even want this thing to pass. Yeah, that it's all just pretty much a bunch of kabuki theater, which, Uh, I mean, is incredibly cynical. If he's right, if he's right, I don't know. I can't... uh, I don't know if I can fathom uh, Donald Trump uh, taking a pass on it. Well, he won't take a pass. He'll he'll blame everyone. He'll blame the Democrats. I guess he'll start going after Republicans if they don't come up with something. He'll probably find a way to say that Obama is sabotaging it in some fashion from under. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He's secretly uh, using uh, mind control on uh, Paul Ryan and the Republicans to get them to put out this Obamacare light bill. Yeah. That's so, it so it seems like they're although trying. he's already called it a wonderful bill. So. Oh, well, that, that, yeah. But nobody really listens to what he says. I don't even think he listens to what he well, says. That's for sure. But, you know, what scares me about this bill. So they're going to, it sounds like, try to stretch this out as long as possible unless the Freedom Caucus members don't let them and force the Republicans in some fashion to do something. And it seems like they're heading for a disaster in 2018. I don't know about the long-term implications for them politically, but I know for Americans, the long-term implications and ramifications of what they're talking about are horrible. Uh, You know, if you don't get any kind of assistance with the expense of health care, I mean, for young people especially, this is going to make it more difficult for them to start families, buy homes, pay off their student loans, which are already terrible. Yeah, but remember much of this, and if you take uh, Ryan Grimm, you know, at his word that he he doesn't think they they even look much beyond the next election. Right. Uh, The next election, you know, the worst of this, if it did move forward, if it was approved, the worst of this would not happen until 2020 uh, when they start to put the screws to Medicaid. And so that's already the next presidential election. And then it takes a time for it to happen. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe they're going to stretch this out over time, hope for the best if they get it passed. But I think the, the fact that he says there is no plan here for this, that actually makes more sense. That actually makes more sense as far as why they would release it this quickly, why they would do it without uh, getting it scored by the CBO. You know, maybe they had hoped for chaos. I don't know. A couple of before we get to a quick break here, the uh, there was a couple of uh, points that I wanted to hit that um, uh, Tara Culp wrestler noticed over at uh uh, think progress on this on this uh, Republican plan. Uh, OK, it, def- it defunds a Planned Parenthood and eliminates abortion coverage, which is already eliminated. But it's a big bugaboo for Republicans to pretend they are uh, doing something about abortion by defunding Planned Parenthood. Now, when you say it's already eliminated, let's be absolutely clear, because apparently this has to be repeated over and over and over again. But there is an a, a, a a ban, ban already on any on kind of funding. federal yeah. funding for abortions completely. It's been that way for decades and it's not changing. And so this frequent call to defund Planned Parenthood until they get rid of abortions is just, you know, bunk. Talk about theater. Talk about kabuki theater. Uh, the, the bill also includes a big tax break for insurance companies that pay their CEOs more than half a million dollars a year. Oh, yeah, I saw Did that. you see this? Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is one provision that would essentially, uh, <laughs> says uh, Culp Resler, would 
would would essentially incentivize major corporations to overpay their top executives to offer a tax break uh, to those insurers uh, that pay the CEOs more than half a million dollars a year. And also, apparently, it's a 66-page document, appar- document uh, this, uh, this bill. They apparently spent seven of those pages detailing uh, the policy to ensure that lottery winners don't have access to Medicaid. I, I guess this is a big problem. I, apparently, I, who knew? <laughs> well, I mean, apparently it was a huge issue for CEO there, pay to not be able to deduct that from the corporation's taxes. So, I mean, they're rushing to take care of all kinds of problems that nobody knew we had. Uh, this also could trigger a death spiral in the individual insurance market. Uh, she warns, uh, and it uh, will result in a lot fewer people having health insurance. On those uh, numbers, however, well, we've got uh, 20 million new people, 20 million people now have insurance under Obamacare that did not have it before. Uh, but we have to wait for the detailed analysis from the Congressional Budget Office uh, on this bill to find out uh, how many people this will or won't uh, won't cover. All right, a quick break. We'll come back with uh, a little bit more broadcast right after this. We'll we'll try to turn the page from uh, healthcare for a moment, sort of to other things. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. My house in Budapest, my, my hidden treasure chest, golden grand piano, my beautiful Castillo, you, oh, you, oh, I'd leave it all. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, does he doing we... we do, do you have that uh, clip uh, from the not State of the Union last week from Donald Trump uh, concerning uh, uh, Keystone XL and the Dakota Access Pipeline? Go ahead, play that. We have cleared the way for the construction of the Keystone and Dakota Access Pipelines, <laughs> thereby creating tens of thousands of jobs. Not really. And I've issued a new directive. <laughs> that new American pipelines be made with American steel. Well, that sounds good. Uh, never mind the, uh, the, the tens of thousands of jobs part. We've talked about that. Uh, I think we talked about it on the Green News Report last week. Actually, we've talked about it for how many years since they've been pretending tens of thousands of jobs from the Keystone XL pipeline. Well, apparently it has to be said over and over and over again because they keep saying it. They keep lying about that. 
So, but never mind that part for now. Never mind that lie for now. On that last part, that uh, that that new pipelines will be made from American-made steel. AP confirmed over the weekend because this has been a question that's come up, and now AP has uh, confirmed this: the Keystone XL oil pipeline will not have to use American steel in its construction, despite what President Donald Trump says. By the way, that's that's AP's language saying despite what Donald Trump says. And they got confirmation from the White House. Yeah. White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders said Friday that's uh, due to language in a presidential directive that Trump issued in January. The directive uh, applies to new pipelines or those under repair. Sanders said it would be hard to do an about face on Keystone because it's already under construction and the steel has been already acquired. So they're considering Keystone XL to not be a new pipeline, not even be under repair, even though it it has not been completed. Of course, it was uh, abandoned, rejected by the Obama administration and uh, Trump has come in and said, uh, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. He actually has already said Keystone XL is done. It's not actually done. No, it's have not actually even, done. It's, well, it's not even uh, submitted. Have they submitted it yet? Uh, uh, they, they, are in, submitted it? they are in the process of resubmitting submitting. their bid. They have, however, withdrawn their complaint to the World Trade uh, Organization that, you know, because they were saying with an investor state dispute ah. that, oh, the United States has canceled this and this is going to affect our future profits. Therefore, we are going to sue to stop it. That's under those trade agreements. That's under that NAFTA. Have. Yeah, but yeah. They have withdrawn that under the expectation that, you know, Trump will go ahead and approve the cross-border permit that was required that Obama rejected back in the past. What the order says uh, specifically, it states that new expanded or repaired pipelines in the U.S. must use U.S. steel, quote, to the maximum extent possible mm-hmm. and allowed by law. So that is not an all USA mandate, despite nope. the fact that uh, Trump keeps repeating that over and it's over again. It's not even close to being that. It's a serious wiggle words going on there because, you know, there is an issue in the United States about the different U.S. steelmakers being able to create the exact kind of pipe that's required for pipelines. So when they talk about, you know, to the extent practicable or whatever the word Practic- Practicable. Were, practicable. Then what that's what they're talking about. Is I like practicable better, you but can't go ahead. Even yeah. really do it right now. So for him to claim that it's more aspirational stuff that fools people who really don't know the details of all of this, um, and and it goes a pretty long way to fooling them. Trump said as recently as just last week that Keystone and the Dakota Access Pipeline must use American steel, quote, or we're not building one. <laughs> TransCanada, of course, is the company uh, building Keystone. They had uh, said that the majority of steel in the pipeline would be, here's how they described it, North America. It would come from North America. Kind of North America, energy independence for North America. Right. That's their weasel words for basically folding in, you know, Canada, mm-hmm. anything that is in the North American continent, which can also, I believe, include Mexico. Exactly. The majority of steel in the pipeline, uh, TransCanada admits, uh, would be from North America, which includes Canada and, yes, Mexico. See, that was easy. North American independence. Hopefully they'll be able to fit it through that 
big, beautiful door. Fit those uh, pipes in through that big, beautiful door in the wall when that gets built. Has that been built yet? <laughs> uh, all right, very quickly before we go, uh, we talked a month or two ago about the fact that the Netherlands had banned electronic tabulation of votes in their upcoming elections. Not just electronic voting it's, itself. They, they did that years ago after it was shown that their voting machines could be hacked. Uh, just like ours can be hacked. Of course, when that was demonstrated in the Netherlands, they got rid of the machines. We continue to use them. So they found it could be hacked in a minute's time. That was enough for us. Well, let's just buy more. Sounds good. What could possibly so, go wrong? So they stopped using the machines in the Netherlands. Uh, we still use them, but they announced that uh, they would not even be using computer tabulators to tabulate their upcoming votes either. So, uh, you know, prior to that, they said no voting machines, but they would use paper ballots uh, that were counted by computers like we do. But they're not going to use the computers. They're going to hand count now for fear of hacking, uh, which is incredibly smart and reasonable of them. Now we have this out of France. France's government has decided uh, to drop plans to let citizens abroad vote electronically in legislative elections in June because of concern about the risk of cyber attacks. According to the Foreign Ministry on Monday, the National Cyber Security Agency believed there was a, quote, extremely high risk of cyber attacks. In that light, it was decided that it would be better to take no risk that might jeopardize the legislative vote for French citizens residing abroad, the ministry said in a statement. Uh, the uh, Since 2012, French citizens have been allowed to vote electronically in legislative elections, but not in presidential elections. France will elect a new president uh, in April and May in a two-round vote. But the legislative election uh, held on uh, June uh, 11 and 18 uh, will now no longer allow electronic voting for France's 1.3 million citizens abroad. France is not taking any chances. Uh, in the meantime, of course, we still allow uh, we, we still allow people to vote electronically uh, overseas, military and overseas voters. Because though we are the greatest democracy the world has ever seen, we've been told that over and over again, uh, we don't seem to give much of a damn about democracy and being able to oversee our votes and know that our elections were uh, carried out uh, accurately. That's why I guess so many people are freaking out right now under the belief that something happened to our previous election. You know, if you were able, if human beings oversaw the counts on hand-marked paper ballots, uh, we wouldn't have any of these problems. Well, at least they don't have them in the Netherlands coming up and maybe a little bit in France. So good for them. Maybe the U.S. will take notice at some point. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my guest today, Ryan Grimm of Huffington Post, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's greatly appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's show, uh, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. My thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to stay and fight the good fight over your public airwaves. You can drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com, and you can find, follow, harass, and share me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.